Hi, we're here with T.J. Miller. Yes, the original T.J. Miller. I hope. Are you older than him? I don't have an age. Brother T.J. Miller. So I don't know. Okay. No. Um, I'm just uh, today. Yeah. <laughs> I had to write down all the things that I think you do, and you probably do more than this. I probably I do. I might know. have forgot though. Like I might remember some of them when yeah. you go over them. So uh, I have this problem. I know so you're that. an actor. Yes. Martial artist. Mm-hmm. Uh, comedian. Okay. Nominally. <laughs> I get paid to do that, so I guess yeah. I'm a professional comedian. <laughs> if you get paid, you're, you're <laughs> I'm professional. That's what that means. Yeah. That's, that's uh, musician. Mm-hmm. Uh, Renaissance Fair owner. I don't yes. know if, you can, if, if that's what you call it. Yeah, yeah. I own a Renaissance um, Fair. Teacher, because you teach yep, all your, I do. Your, different, uh, mm-hmm. in your different topics. Yep. Uh, is, what am I missing? Anything? Well, today, when I, before I came here, I was telling uh, Native American stories in a teepee. Okay. Um, at Liberty Lake Day Camp, where I teach fencing and martial arts during the summer. Um, I own Dice Knights Adventures, which I don't even know what you classify that as. That's a booth at Renaissance Fairs where people play like a Dungeons and Dragons style game. Okay. Have you seen it at Jersey, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you get a character and then you go on quests at the Renaissance Fair. It's pretty awesome. That seems like you have a... It's, it is. And there's probably other things yeah, on yeah. that I ever got Well, I saw the Alex showed me the video of your band. Mm, nothing sacred? The, the pirate, no, pirate? this is the oh, Dandy, that's Dandy Pirates. Pirates. Dandy Pirates. Yep. I didn't get uh, he, <laughs> I'm in multiple in the bands, time that he, apparently. Here, I didn't get to show him all. <laughs> you know, I was trying to show him Lord of the Adventure and um So you saw a Dandy Pirates. I saw uh, that one. And I did hear an episode of your podcast because Alex sent me the link of that one. And that's oh, about cool. yeah. philosophy. Yeah, the path of action. Um I was trying to recreate those um Two three a.m. in the morning conversations you'd have in the dorm mm. uh, lobby, you know, where you that's, all solve the world's problems. That's what it felt like to me. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of yeah. what because people don't do that. I was talking to my buddy Mike, uh, who I do that podcast with, about how you know between uh, like when we take breaks or whatever, mm-hmm. we're idiots. You know, we're playing with the effects on his soundboard, and <laughs> it's dumb. And then we come in, and it gives you a space where. That's what we're talking about. So all of a sudden, we're like these serious guys. You know, we're talking mm-hmm. about whatever our topics are. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, should we take it roll by roll? Or yeah, we get however you want. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. I'm, I'm down. So, um, actor. Actor. This feels so. I feel. I feel really. This has helped me feel <laughs> good about myself. I'm like, wow, I do all these things. Yes, uh, actor. So we've seen you um, a lot of times uh, in your. What they call them uh, small, like the events, um, our shows and stuff at the fair. Uh, um, I, I'm thinking the ones like Poe, yeah, Poe. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, you're acting in uh, Murder Mystery. Yep, yeah, that's a lot more interaction. I think the, I think the most like closest to like what people think of as acting that I do is that that Poe show. Mm-hmm. And that's when it was Mannheim. No, I started out there. I started at the Pennsylvania Renaissance Fair. Um, And the reason why I got involved in acting in the first place was because my friends and I, one year, all started going to the Pennsylvania Renaissance Fair. And we would dress up like Scottish guys Uh and eat turkey legs and talk with a Scottish accent, Uh right? Um, Never... We could have saved a lot of money that year by just going in our backyard with a barbecue because we didn't ever talk to the cast or watch shows. Like it was just a place. And I think this is a thing actually that people like about the Renaissance Fair. It was a place where we were allowed to be Scottish guys in kilts and talking 
and they had the turkey legs, which yeah. is just something like, yeah. And I think most people, what they like about the turkey leg is just the look of yeah. the turkey leg with oh, your yeah. stuff because they're not eating a turkey leg is, is yeah, well, it's, it's very uh, there's it's a lot of ligaments. In yeah. There, uh-huh. So once you're that uh, well, first layer, you're fighting it. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. much easier. The vegan turkey leg is much easier. Yeah. <laughs> the vegan turkey leg. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so. The only reason I started acting at all was because myself and one of my friends auditioned for the Pennsylvania Renaissance Fair so we would not have to pay to get in. <laughs> and my buddy, actually, my buddy who I did that with, he was way more into the Scottish thing than I was. He was like, he was actually Scottish, right? I just saw Braveheart and I thought it was cool. But he, they were going to make him be one of Queen Elizabeth's yeoman guards. Uh-huh. And he couldn't, and number one, every time we drove out there, I would just make fun of him in the car. Like, I cannot believe that you're doing this. Our father is rolling over in his grave. It was so bad. And so he wound up quitting because he couldn't deal with being a guard to the English queen. Being English. Right. Mm. But that was how I started. It was just, I didn't want to pay to get in. Mm -hmm. And it turned out to be awesome. Um, And I think that's sort of the way like adventure usually happens in your life. Like you just do something random. And I had no idea that would lead to me owning a Renaissance fair and performing and all that kind of stuff. You know, so... It just kind of happened. And then a couple of years later, I got into the uh, professional acting company out there. That was the first time I was ever actually paid to act. Um, yeah. And then a couple years later, I was directing some shows. And then, uh, you know, maybe I think we were like 10 years into my career out there is when we opened Jersey. So. Okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jersey's in uh, its 11th year this year. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember we. Uh, so where, where is this? I don't know. This one is, is in uh, it's Liberty Lake. It's in Mansfield Lake Township, Lake. but the mailing address is Bordentown, New Jersey. Bordentown, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's yes. uh, near Trenton. If you're looking for a major town, South Jersey. Yep. Yeah. So is that the only one in New Jersey? No, there's a couple other little ones. Uh, like there's a Lakewood Fair. Um, they used to have the New Jersey Renaissance Kingdom, which I think a lot of people confuse us for sometimes. But they, I, I always thought that initially that. They had moved and they were you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of people thought before that before we came yeah. down. So yeah, mm-hmm. um, there was, was apparently a New Jersey Renaissance Fair in the past, like an actual yeah. New Jersey Renaissance Fair. Uh-huh. And then when that was happening, there were like three or four other fairs that started. The Kingdom was one of them, mm-hmm. and then there was like the New Jersey Renaissance and Adventure Festival or something. They all had like these weird variations of the name. And then when the New Jersey Renaissance Fair went out of business. We just happened to be doing it then. We wound up getting the name. Oh. And then all of those other people basically threatened to sue us because they told us that they own the name New Jersey Renaissance Fair. It was actually oh. pretty hilarious. <laughs> I started getting calls all the time to the point where, you know, I'd know what the call was about. Mm-hmm. Somebody would be like, hey, oh, did you decide what you're going to name your festival? And as soon as they'd say that, I'm like, oh, okay. I'm like, yes. <laughs> well, did they copyright it or train No, it? no, okay, we so, had it. Okay, we had so the legal rights to the name. No <laughs> this one guy, he called and uh, he said that. He's like, well, did you decide what you're going to name your festival? And I'm like, because I knew what this conversation was going to be about. I'm like, why, yes. We're the New Jersey Renaissance Fair. And he's like, oh, oh, that's going to be a problem. I'm like, oh, really? Oh, oh, why? Why? He's like, well, because I own the name New Jersey Renaissance Fair. I'm like, dude, that is weird because all the people we had, they looked everywhere and they let us legally register this name. And there's this lady in North Jersey. She thinks she owns the name too. So you should talk to your people and get this squared away, man, because like nobody knows that you own the name. So that's really weird. So you get your lawyers, let us know when you figure this out and we'll... Squared away. Never hear from him. No, I never heard from him again. Because we legally own we legally own the name, and that that was how it kind of happened. So, yeah. but so once you trademark it, 
yeah we we registered it and that's how it that's how it went so yeah now what did you um was that just good timing that, that you decided to do this when the other people went out of business yeah it just it would just happen um and actually the way the renaissance again the renaissance fair i owned a martial arts school in robbinsville new jersey oh okay. and me and john williams who i do the lords of adventure show with uh-huh. we were doing a thing at my dojo called drama at the dojo on saturdays where the kids came in and they were you know doing acting uh-huh. and we were trying to think of an end of the year um you know some kind of show they could put on for for that and eventually we were just sitting there we're like, Dude, why don't we do a renaissance fair? Like we know how to do that. So it was, you know, just a random idea we had. And then we met Andy at Liberty Lake mm-hmm. and he had the space and it just kind of took off from there. Like I didn't plan to have this become our main thing or have it be what it is. It just, you know, just sort of took off. Yeah. Because people like you guys yeah. like it and you come and you show up and you support us and we're able to keep doing this thing that everybody likes Yeah, because of that. So yeah. thanks, by the yeah. way. So did you have to buy a piece of land? And No, um, Andy, I was just talking about at Liberty. He owns uh, Liberty Lake Day Camp. It's a beautiful little day camp. Right. Which is where we do the fair. So the camp runs like from June until August. It's like eight weeks with an extra week at the end. Um, so Andy had, he has this property and not, not a lot going on at other times of the year. So he liked the idea of the Renaissance Fair, so we started doing it there with him. And he's one of our owners of the fair. But that makes sense. But it was when you sit empty, if you don't, Mm -hmm. where you have to find different rentals. Yeah. And when we first walked in, you know, the lake is beautiful. And that amphitheater was there already. Really? Yeah. So they had a stage already built. And, you know. What what things did you add? Um, The... The aerial stage where okay. Shelly does Shelly Buttons does her aerial acrobatics. We had an aerial stage. Mm-hmm. Um, the Duke's Grove was right. not there when okay. we showed up. Uh, last year we added the Unicorn stage, which is a kid stage. Okay. Um, yeah. Some of the stages are pavilions already at the camp, like the Willows and the Vista, and uh, what was Shakespeare's stage, which will be our uh, adult stage this year. Um, those are there; they're pavilions that are already existing. Mm-hmm. So we, you know, put those guys in there. Are you going to put the adult show down the, the far end? Is that where it is now? Yeah, it's going to be by the uh, where the paddle boats are. Okay. We're going to move the Mead Garden, so the stage for the Mead Garden is going to be under the big white tent like we did at Kill Fest. Did you okay. go to Kill Fest? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's going to be the big white tent. Changes are happening. We're wow. trying to make things... Shocking. Yeah, cooler. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and when do you run it? Like it is the last two there? weekends of May and the first weekend of June. It's only three weekends? Three weekends, yes. Okay. It's at njrenfair.com. Yeah. Discounted tickets available. Get yourself a season pass. Yeah. Please. Please do. <laughs> <laughs> so. So that's, and then you mentioned the dojo. So what kind of martial arts do you teach? I teach Jeet Kune Do, um, which was uh, Bruce, Bruce Lee's. Lee's yeah. Man. It was Bruce Lee's philosophy on martial arts. So you study everything you can and take what's useful. Um, I usually start my students with a bunch of boxing for the evasion and the ability to, you know not get hit and that kind of stuff. And then um, I'm a big fan of the Filipino martial arts. So we do that. And we do Muay Thai, Wing Chun, uh, some Savat. Uh, I have weapons classes for the Filipino martial arts where we do knife and stick work. Um, I study Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. That's kind of grappling, wrestling is sort of mm-hmm. my weakest thing that I started latest. Um, so I take those classes. We incorporate a little grappling, but um, yeah. I have a fencing class, a beginner fencing class there. So Because you, you do... Um the fencing and you do stage fighting too. Right. Um, well, that's our one show, the Lords of adventure, yeah, which is a comedy sword fighting show yeah. where we do stage combat, which is 
The goal of fighting is to defeat your opponent. The goal of stage combat is to make your opponent look good, yeah. whether or not they win or lose the fight. Like if every, everybody's job in stage combat is to make the people on stage look good. Yeah. So if you're doing that and I'm doing that and you're doing that, then everybody's looking good and the, sh- the fight looks good. Mm-hmm. Right. So, yeah. And that's, we tell kids sometimes cause we go to do school shows and you know, it's not my job. When I fight with John in our show, I'm not trying to hurt him because it's what I do for a living. So if I hurt the guy who's my partner, yeah, yeah. then I can't eat lunch anymore. <laughs> and I love lunch. So yeah, it's important. Um, yeah, do you have to, uh, I guess you have to really point that out to the, to the students, huh? Yeah, kids and, you know, little kids are, depending, we do a lot of school shows and things, so they don't, they don't really necessarily get the fact about what it's about. Like, they see yeah, these fights. And even though they're dumb, I mean, the fights are dumb, right? They're stupid. <laughs> I agree. They're, like, beautifully stupid, you know? <laughs> That's what they're about. It's like, you know, like, uh, like, like Looney Tunes kind of stuff yeah, yeah you know they're comedy they're comedy fights so but even with that even though even still like i still get people i've even had adults come up, up to us at the fair i'm like oh, i can't believe you lost to that guy i'm like yeah oh yeah my brother's awesome he's so good at it Whoa. <laughs> i guess those are the same people who believe wrestling is real yeah yeah possibly <laughs> yeah um yeah the the Jersey Fair every every year, as most Renaissance fairs do, have uh, has a um, uh, theme or a narrative right mm-hmm. through it. Yep. Um, did it always? Did you always have the the narrative? Yes. Um, I really enjoy what our fair does because um, a lot of times, if you're going to be a Renaissance fair and be set in that specific time period, it kind of limits the plots you can do and yeah, such. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, you know, it's, it can be like, you know, you got Robert Dudley or like Walter Raleigh, not big names, you know, that a lot of people in 21st century America yeah. have any idea about. So what our our artistic director, Phil, uh, came up with is this idea that our village at the fair, we call it Crossford, is on the edge of this magical woods. And so every year during, you know, the the solstices or the equinoxes or whatever they bring it brings forward people who are about to make a bad decision in their life mm. somebody out of history or myth mm-hmm. or legend and then the people of crossford and the you know the duke and duchess who are head nobles in charge they helped get them back on the right path like our first year it was made marion she was going to marry the sheriff of nottingham right which right. history is like that's not what's supposed to happen so they brought her there and got her back on the right path mm-hmm. so what that allows us to do is even though the village itself is set in i think we're 1568 this year and we've been doing just one year every year oh, okay. so our first year actually we realized queen mary was still the queen of england it was like the last year of queen mary's reign hmm. so but it's been a queen elizabeth fair ever since um so it allows us to have characters, you know, like we've had King Arthur and the Knights of the Round Table come. We've had the Three Musketeers. Uh, I got to play William Wallace one year, which was awesome. That's my favorite role I've ever done. And uh, we had William Shakespeare there one year who had writer's block. Right. That I was the year that, that all his yeah. characters got sucked out of his brain. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That was and um, we had Brunhilde. Um, Grace O'Malley was there one year. Queen Elizabeth was there. And even though she was the queen, it was sort of a younger version of herself. Right. Who came. Yeah. Um, so it gives us a lot of creative freedom and the ability to have a, a better Mickey Mouse. Right. Then, because, like, you know, for like people here, like, you, you got to come to New Jersey Renaissance Fair because Martin Frobisher is going to be there. 
you know, and people are like, uh, okay. But if you say, you know, it's the, if it's the three musketeers, yeah. you know, then people know who that is. Or like, yeah. oh, it's Robin Hood. And at our 11th year, we're actually going back to our roots and, um, Robin Hood and the Merry Men are coming back this year. Oh, cool. And the first year it was Robin Hood. Uh, this year, the first time it was made Marianne at her crossroads. This year it's, uh, Will Scarlet. Mm-hmm. So he has to decide if he's going to join up with the Merry Men or like, you know, avoid prosecution with the sheriff or whatever. Okay. So, yeah. Do you sit him down like Dr. Phil? And <laughs> we have to sit him down. We just talk. No, no usually the way it works is they show up in the beginning of the day and then realize that they're in a different time and place, you know. And then usually there's a challenge happens and we have a chess match, a human chess match uh-huh. where that's supposed to solve everything, but that never solves everything. right? <laughs> yeah. So then they got to go figure out everything at the big final joust, you know, because something went wrong there. And then at the end of the day, we, we sing about it. We have our day's end show. I think you should yeah. do a Dr. Phil segment. <laughs> yeah, we totally could. That could be one of our, that could that be a new show. Be fun, yeah. yeah. That could be your character. You could come in. You could be that guy. Be like, <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be out of the time period. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's My TARDIS is over here. Yeah. There's a lot of most of the Renaissance fairs at some point in their run will have a TARDIS there because yeah. usually like most fairs now have like a time travelers weekend yeah where all these Doctor Who's show up yeah. and I'm sure there's going to be witchers coming out uh, of our backsides yeah. this year because yeah, yeah. that's the popular thing yeah, you know? someone's going to bring soap yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah well you know the thing is in the Renaissance we know that if you wash off all of your protective dirt that you have then that's how people get the plague (laughs) because you have to have a few layers. So you don't want to bathe more than like once every three weeks, months, something like that. Yeah. We are much more, our modern science tells us how sophisticated we are here in the Renaissance. I was so like, like, I like soap. I don't know if I want to go back to this. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Toothpaste is kind of nice. You don't want to live in Renaissance England. I don't want to live 50 years behind where we are now. Yeah. 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 That's like seat belts, <laughs> airbags. Yeah. Well, we had, we had a bunch Safety of friends people. when uh, 300 came out. And we're all like, I wish I lived in Sparta. <laughs> it's like, do you have a pimple? <laughs> because if you do, they would have thrown you off a cliff when you were a baby. So just that. We won't go into any of the other stuff. So Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it seems like an interesting thing to go. You know, hang out and do whatever. Well, that's the thing but, with the Renaissance Fair. We love like the romance of yeah, it, and we, nice, you know, we've yeah. we we tidy it up. Like, there's some things people want. Like, people want refrigeration for their food that they're getting, mm, right? Big fan. Yeah, yeah, big fan. Flush yeah. toilets are a big hit at the Renaissance Fair. Didn't have those in the back yeah. in the Renaissance. And some Renaissance Fairs still don't. Yes, yes. <laughs> we were lucky about that. We do have they a do. set of flush toilets. Beautiful facilities. But the, the only one I ever went to was the one in. Uh, was it? Oh, upstate New York. Upstate, no, upstate but whatever. We got a lot of uh, casts that works there. They're much bigger than we are. Yeah. They've been around for, I think, like 30 years or whatever. Where this is our 11th yeah. season going up. So Yeah, they've been around for, for a long time. Um, mm-hmm. But, um, okay, so you're, uh, so every year you cast. Yes. We have uh, auditions in January. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess at that point, you know what characters you need. Right. Or are you, you ever surprised that you're like, oh, this person's good, but they don't fit a role that we have yet? Right. We have, on occasion, uh, gotten people who audition so well, and we decide that we, we need them, and we will make a role for them. Mm-hmm. Um, we usually go in. We tend to have, on our principal cast, which is our cast who does the main plot shows and the fights and chess and all that kind of stuff, we tend to have between like 10 to 15 
professional actors who were there. Mm-hmm. Um, and they rehearse pretty much full time for about that two weeks leading up to fair. So yeah, we will occasionally, if we got somebody who's really good that we don't want to lose and we want to use, we'll, we'll make a role for them periodically. But we also have to be mindful of our budget too. Like, like I said, we're still a young ish business. So, and in outdoor theater, it's precarious, you know, like if we had a bad last year, if we would have had the year we had two years ago that we would not be doing that this year. Yeah. Like we wound up having a really good year last year, which was great. And it's really all about the weather. Yeah, two years right. ago, it was really rainy. Really bad. Like, we were literally, we had no money going into last year at all. It was bad. Like, we were, like I said, if we didn't have a good year last year, that would have been the last year of the New Jersey Renaissance Fair. So, we got to do that now, too. Um, we got to just be mindful of our budget, you know? Yeah. Like, I can't get, like, a lot of times I'll have fans and stuff who will write me and be like, you know, you need to get this act. You know, yeah. this musical, they're great and all that kind of stuff. I'm like, I just can't get luxury items yet at this point in time. Like, yeah. we only pay for stuff that you know we we need yeah. you know i need a certain amount of music i got a certain amount of stage times i have to fill um but after that it doesn't really matter how good you are and usually that's the thing the really popular really good bands and stuff or acts are really expensive yeah you know yeah well, so, they, so you don't have a cover set it's all outdoors uh we have we have um several of our stages have covers over them but the problem is people just don't if they oh, even they come out. even their the threat of rain. Yeah. Actually the forecast is actually more important to whether or not people show up than the actual weather. Like if they say there's like a 25% chance of rain and it's a beautiful day, people still don't come. Yeah. yeah. I, I've seen just cloudy days where right. people are not showing up cuz mm-hmm. it's cloudy. And yeah, and they just want, worry about it. I don't want to go outside. Yeah. I can see that. I mean it makes sense. But and people yes. will tend to wait. So we usually have a really big day on the last day because all those people who are like waiting for the perfect <laughs> yeah. weather and then they realize they don't have any other That's chance. Yeah. So then they, they show up there. So mm-hmm. usually our last day is usually our biggest day. And if you're doing three weekends, you've kind of locked in to those three weekends. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I always, it's funny because I would be, I would tend to go more on a, you know, a gray kind of a little bit rainy day rather than the, the hot days. It's better, but the hot days get people time. out. Really, and yeah, because yeah, you'll see the 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 lines for food. People are like they get hungry mm-hmm. and they get, yeah. Um, so the food vendors are very happy on those days. Yeah, but I, I'm always uh, I always admire the actors uh, because because they go through so much of the, mm-hmm. the weather. And yep, the, and, they really do. You know, they're either soaked or they're Soaked from rain or soaked from sweat. Right. And if you're listening to this, come on an overcast day. You're yeah. going to have a much better time. There's yeah, going to be yeah. less lines. It's much more pleasant than those 95 degree. Yeah. Don't do that to yourself. Yeah. First of all, everybody's miserable. <laughs> the actors, everybody. So, yeah. you know, it, you're going to have a much better time. And we're so happy to see you on those days. That A lot of the people who come to fair all the time, those are the people who show up on the rain days because mm-hmm. they know something different. And interesting is going to happen. Yeah. Because it's just it's just a weird day all around. Yeah. Right? And we actually have our social media people who, who've been doing marketing stuff for us. They've been trying to pitch the idea that we're rain or shine and like there's stuff to do even if it is raining. Yeah. You know, those are good days to come out. Yeah. Because, yeah, it's hard. And, and it is – I used to find it interesting when – if you do get a small crowd, yeah, weird things happen because the actors are like – 
whatever. You whatever. Know, this is weird. Like, oh, I, we're doing this? We're okay. Gonna, we're going to experiment with this and see, you know, how this <laughs> yeah. works. You mm-hmm. know? It's like working a small club as a comedian, you know, trying yep. new, new material. That's when all your new material comes out. Yeah. Um, now, I know you have professional actors, but... Mm-hmm. Um, Anybody, anybody can try out, and I yes. know there are like some friends of ours that I, I don't think have ever acted. They came out this year, and mm-hmm. uh, at least one of them is is in the in the show. Yeah, and they are because we also have. I talked about our principal cast. We have our supporting cast, which is the most important people <laughs> on the whole place for making a Renaissance fair a Renaissance fair, and they're mostly volunteers, um, and they rehearse. We're starting to rehearse a week from today. Mm-hmm. So every Sunday from March 8th until we open the fair, they will be there working eight hours a day, mm-hmm. rehearsing, developing their characters. And they are the people who create the village that we have. And they wander around. Wander around. Yeah. They're the most important part of any fair. And virtually, I don't think any fairs, some of them do, have the budget because you need so many of them. So yeah. you can't you can't pay them what they're worth. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Now, at the same time, we've talked about this too, me and John and Phil and everybody. Like the training you get during those ten weeks, it's basically actor boot camp, right? Because a Renaissance Fair day is is the most rewarding and hardest acting job you're ever going to have. Yeah. Because you're going mm-hmm. pretty much ten hours for that whole day. It's not like being in a play. Like if you're playing, uh, you know, if you're playing Tybalt in Romeo and Juliet. You go on stage and you be Tybalt and you, the audience is there and there's definitely live theater, the audience and the actors make that happen. Yeah. But what I love about interactive theater is you get to be Tybalt and then you come off the stage and then you meet those people. Yeah, so you're interacting you, and right? you never know what they're going to throw at you. It's awesome. I play, you know, when I'm in Lords of Adventure, I play Roger Awesome. And during the day at the Renaissance Fair, I'm in character. I'm Roger Awesome. And I sort of think about it as, have you ever read, a, have you ever read a Carlos Castaneda? Yeah. Okay. One of the things his teacher made him do, he was training with this Yaqui Indian sorcerer, mm-hmm. and he made him dress up as a woman and go out in the world and convince the world that that's, you know. Right, right. Yeah. That he was a woman mm-hmm. and be a woman in this situation. As a powerful, you know, uh, you know spiritual experience because it was... It wasn't him being him. We're, we're all used to being us, mm-hmm. you know? But that's the thing that makes the interactive performers good is when they can really inhabit and own their character. And for me, that's a powerful experience in a similar fashion, right? I'm going out and being this person, no matter what it is, whether it's Roger Awesome, Edgar Allan Poe, uh, Swabby Johnson, any of these characters I play, they're not like me. Like, it... I'm not a big boisterous guy or whatever. If you see me at a party, like I, I'll talk to you, but I don't like doing that. I don't like TJ Miller. I don't like being the center of attention. Yeah, I'd I, rather I've hang out. TJ Miller, he's very low key. Yeah, yeah, but these other people are these big things, and it's, and you you convince people that that's who you are, mm-hmm. and when you stay in character like that, it's a it's a truly powerful, yeah. awesome experience. Yeah, and I find it very akin to that thing that you know he had Carlos Castaneda do. You know, yeah. in that sort of powerful way. Right. And that's why I don't really break character. And there are people who come to fair all the time who get like aggravated with you because they think they're our buddies now and they're like in yeah. on it. And I'll still stay in character and like, no, it's 15, 67. I don't know. I, 
I like know? when you stay in character because that's what makes the fair cool. Yeah. You know, it's it's very interesting because I want to see how you know mm-hmm. if I mention a modern item or convenience or reference, you know, how how, they, how yeah. is that character going to handle that? You know, and mm-hmm. react to it and take a selfie. <laughs> I love selfies. Right? Yeah. I don't think you should take them though, because when they take off their seal skin, right, you got to let them be free. Like, that's not crazy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, and selkies are people that, in case you don't know what talking about, those seals yeah. from the east, the, the western coast of Ireland. Mm-hmm. And sometimes at night in the moonlight, they'll take off their seal skin and do that. But you know what we should do? We should sit here and think about it for a second. <laughs> <laughs> and that's sort of, you know what I mean? Like, you find ways to incorporate that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody has their own you know yeah. did you have any training besides just a renaissance fair you just did it and that I had it? my first acting class with our artistic director Phil Life yeah. like two years ago me and John oh, really? it was our first acting class because we just took his <laughs> acting class which is funny because we just yeah like we just kind of do it now yeah you know and we had this class with Phil and it what was what kind so of new things did you get out of that acting is doing huh like for example, if go. I'm acting yeah. and I want to drink yeah. this IPA, okay, I just drink the IPA. Now I don't like I don't act that I'm going to drink this IPA now, right? Mm. So it's just like and that was the whole thing acting is doing, which we do anyway. <laughs> okay. We never we never had anybody put it to words, but yeah. it was so cool. And like me and John do that all the time. We're like we'll be talking to Phil and we're like, hey Phil, Phil. Acting is doing. <laughs> like, if you want to unlock the door, just unlock the door. Is Phil an acting coach? Phil is our artistic director. Yeah, yeah. And he's... Phil is, is like, college-educated, like, Meisner method, okay. like, actor. You know, like, he's got... I don't know whether he's got a master's or doctorate or whatever, but, like, he's really good. Like, we love auditions because Phil gives the people coming in notes about their monologues and stuff, and we're just like, wow. You know? We're going to have so. to, uh, for future episodes, we're going to have to just from the the entire New Jersey Restaurants Fair cast. And oh, yeah. One one. They're all interesting. <laughs> yeah, I, if interesting. You, yeah. talk to them. you heard, uh, we just did our our last episode of our podcast, The Path of Action. I actually interviewed John. I, I heard some of that. Yeah, because every everybody yeah. you meet at the Renaissance Fair yeah. has got some stories. Yeah. John was in the circus. He ran a leopard show. You know, like, it's it's crazy. And we all, it just feels so normal to us. Like, I say this about John... But like, I mean, yeah, like when you told me like, yeah, we talked to interesting people. So we wanted yeah. you to come on. I'm like, well, I'm not interesting. Well, well that's what everyone says. That's yeah. Everybody yeah. Says. yeah. And, that, single person. and that's sort of the point of our Lords of Adventure thing, which is just like everybody, because we wrote this uh, adventure handbook, which is, it's like a pocket size, you know, thing for being an adventurer. Mm-hmm. You know, like, and the whole point of the book is you're all Lords of Adventure. Like, you know, you are. And it's just realizing that, you know. Uh, and it's funny because I heard you talk about that and how. You know, Lords of Adventure is a comedy show, uh, but the booklet is serious. Mm-hmm. And then people are like, <laughs> oh. Yeah, wait, what? <laughs> but yeah. it's a serious, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. Now, how'd you get started with martial arts? How old were you when you did that? I was in sixth grade, and I'd seen a lot of Bruce Lee movies on TV. <laughs> um, I started actually with a Chinese martial arts class that came to my elementary school. And they did like six weeks, twice a year, I think. So I did that. For a couple of years, and then I, um, I wound up going. Uh, it was Green Dragon Chinese Martial Arts, and they had a school on McGuire Air Force Base at the time. So I did that for like three seasons, and then I went over there and trained with them a while. Um, and I did a lot of traditional martial arts through high school, and then I got into. And then when I found Jeet Kune Do, 
the place I started going to was uh, Princeton Academy of Martial Arts. And it was the first time I ever felt like we were really training to fight. Mm-hmm. It was the first time I'd ever actually hit anything. Oh, really? Yeah, like everything else we did was just shadow boxing in the air and all that stuff. And like we were we were hitting it felt like a like a boxing well, gym. Just katas and going through yeah, just katas and, and doing the motions. Like anyway. I couldn't apply any of that stuff, you oh. know? And it was the first time it was just, you know, practical applications of things. It was it was awesome. Huh. So and that's what I like about Jeet Kune Do. It's you're supposed to Every once in a while, you hear people say, like, this style is better than Bruce Lee's well, Jeet Kune That always used to be the argument. You would yeah. go and argue with other kids because you're taking this class. And right. That, and but that's the thing with Jeet Kune Do. To me, it's everything. It's like the Constitution, right? Mm-hmm. You're supposed to be able to change it. So if somebody tells me the style they have is better than Jeet Kune Do, I'm like, well, okay, well, we're going to steal that then. Because if what you're doing is more effective, <laughs> then that's what Jeet Kune Do is. You, that's like Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Everybody, well, that's every Jeet Kune Do instructor... Right. It's a, everything. Whatever works. And that was it, yeah. that was what Bruce Lee and Dan Asanta yeah. were doing in the seventies. Well, he was the first one. Yeah. As far as he would love around. the UFC, I oh, think. Oh, I'm sure. because um, that's what he was trying to do. He's just taking stuff that works, putting it together. Mm-hmm. And so. actually getting past all your own BS and this stuff. Because I, I tell my students a lot, like, you know, a lot of people train for the way they wish fighting was as yeah. opposed to the way it actually is, mm-hmm. you know? So you got to be honest with yourself. And that's one thing I like about violence, right? It, it suffers no lies. Like at the end of the thing, you can have all the theories and ideas you want. It's but if you're clear. laying there knocked out at the end, <laughs> like you got to accept and admit that it doesn't work like you thought it was going to work, mm-hmm. you know? And then figure it out. And that's what Bruce Lee did. He did a thing with Judo Jean LaBelle and he got choked out. So he's like, wow, I better do some grappling. You know, uh-huh. so hmm. it's important. Yeah, yeah. We used to argue when we were kids. I started with judo, probably same reason. Watching Bruce Lee movies. Yep, yep. Then we would the karate class would come out and we and it would argue. Yeah, you know, with the kids. Yeah, which one's better? Which <laughs> one's better? And then you have like, your own well, like you ultimate should, fighting you championship. Learn both. <laughs> there are probably a lot of ultimate fighting championships behind like elementary school kids' houses, yeah. like oh, before that ever happened. Fight clubs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You rip your shirt off like Bruce Lee. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> do the, the nose. Thing. That's important. <laughs> you have to do that. <laughs> Yeah, but that to me, like, like in my brain, like Jeet Do is is the perfect style because it's it's not a style. Like, and like I said, every every Jeet Do instructor I know does Brazilian Jiu Jitsu because that stuff's great on the ground. They use boxing for punching because those guys hit really hard. They well, know how to do shows that. Shows and do. holds all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, part of it. Yeah, it's fascinating stuff. I love it. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's pretty much my passion. Like, if I was, you know. Like what am I? I like martial arts teacher. I think is probably the mo the the main, mm-hmm. you know, thing. Uh, good friend of mine, Emmy. She's one of my assistants at the at the dojo there. She said that too. Like she's like, man, you you're so like three weeks ago we opened the school, and so I've been teaching like twenty classes a week, you know. And it's she's like, you're so much happier. Like, I'm like yeah, like my energy like my energy's back because I've been teaching like one day a week for like the past ten years. We we'll got the Renaissance Fair rolling. Yeah, and it's awesome having a whole schedule. Because these people are getting so good so fast, mm-hmm. you know, I'm able to break things down. Oh, oh it's so nice. <laughs> so, what did your school? We might as well mention it. Uh, it is the Ludus Academy of Martial Arts. Uh, it's in Mount Holly, New Jersey. Um, ActionJKD.com. Uh, and like I said, yeah, we've been there for three weeks. And oh, you just opened? Like this is yeah, just opened. Yeah, mm-hmm. okay. yeah. During the uh, winter, they were getting the building ready and all this kind of stuff. It's a warehouse space in Mount Holly, New Jersey, which is interesting. Interesting town. There's a methadone clinic right across the street. So when we go in for class at 6 a.m. to do our cardio kickboxing, they're waiting, you know, for their 
cardio there yeah <laughs> and uh yeah it's a cool little town it's very up and coming there's all kinds of brew pubs in town and it's a cool it's a cool little yeah. place yeah, yeah they, they had their own little renaissance fair last last year right? yeah they had uh they have a couple times they've done pillage the village and yeah. Yeah. all that oh. kind of stuff it's almost like you planned this very, very appropriate I, I forgot that you guys are professional did wear yeah mm-hmm. yeah so nice um i forget where i was going with this i i wrote some I things down because there's so many things well i saw the band you showed me the the, the pirates uh, the dandy pirates. dandy pirates oh yeah, so yeah. that was a comedy oh it's mm-hmm. still, you still doing that or we still do what we can my buddy dragon moved to florida um, and he's come up to do the Renaissance Fair a couple times. Um, I'd love to get him back. It's just it's at, it's really hard for me because when he comes up and do, and we do the Dandy Pirates, usually we do an after hours concert on Saturday. And my day when the Renaissance Fair is open starts at like four forty five, mm. and then I'm doing the Lords of Venture because I still do that show too. Yeah. So I change costumes, change character. Usually do like three sets of Dandy Pirates, two sets of Lords of Adventure. Then when fair's over, we do a concert that doesn't end until 11. So you're talking about a 18, 19, 20 hour day. And they're not, Renaissance Fair days are not easy. Well, <laughs> right? well it's yeah. hot or, it's, you know, maybe it, or it's rainy and, and you're, yeah. Well, the only thing I've ever done <laughs> that has come anywhere close to, to how tired I am at the at the end of a Renaissance Fair day, and I've done martial arts seminars, like all this kind of stuff, is a really big like 28, 30 mile day on the Appalachian Trail. That's the only time I've ever been that exhausted because, to me, if you do it right, like the way me and John do it, when you're interacting, there is no stopping during the day. Like we, our characters believe that they never tire, so <laughs> we don't get tired during the fair day. Like okay. it's it's a character choice. Yeah. Um, yeah, and we go. Like, I don't, I have a problem stopping. Because for me, to stop and rest during the fair day, uh, is that <laughs> acting is doing. Acting is doing. Phil, <laughs> I've taught, I've taught your method now to another person. That's yeah. it. That's what he got out of Meisner. That's what I got out of Meisner. <laughs> acting thing. is doing. I'm a trained actor now. Phil's probably cringing and doing Still what the, the, uh, the after hours uh, concerts are. They're great times. Huge, I have somebody else to run them this popular. year. Yeah. I, it's because I can't. So I these just, old comedy? Yeah. Like, no, no, no. Yeah, they are actually. I mean, it's well, not necessarily. Yeah. All I, the people who do it are comic yeah, acts. Yeah. You know. But they're. Um, I mean, I heard two songs and they're pretty so, funny. Thank you. Thank <laughs> so, you. Sandwiches and what We else? had. Uh, ethnomonogamy. Ethnom- ethnomonogamy. ethnomonogamy. Yeah. yeah. Interesting about, story about ethnomonogamy. Like so when we did the Florida Renaissance Fair, me and Dragon, we, when we were writing ethnomonogamy, we're like. I don't know how edgy we should be with this dude, right? So you notice the, the verses are about, like, there's, like, the white girl mm-hmm. and then the, the Inuit girl yeah. and then the Asian girl, right? Yeah. Which is probably pretty, like, not – it's pretty racist itself to be, like, these are safe races to me, you know? So <laughs> so far, yes. <laughs> so we're, we did that song. We wrote it. And just a little background. First of all, Dandy Pirates, Ethnomonogamy. Look it up because it's a funny song on YouTube. It's it is. So – the what ethnomonogamy is is like when you're dating one person of each race. So you can be an ethnomonogamist. Like I only have one white girlfriend, one black girlfriend, one Asian girlfriend, one Native American girlfriend, whatever. So we were, you know, we were debating like, sh- should we have a verse for like, uh, you know, 
for like a Hispanic girl or mm-hmm. like a like a black girl or whatever. And we're like, I don't know. So when we were doing the Florida Renaissance Fair, we had this giant contingent of fans from like the local college. Like all these like black girls from the college would come mm-hmm. every weekend to see our show, right? And we're walking out of our show one time. And they see us, they're like, the Daily Pirates! Woo! Ethnomonogamy! When do we get our verse? <laughs> right? See, I was going to say, they probably complain you didn't write it. <laughs> yeah, there was. It was the thing. And I think, like, and that's the thing with comedy. Like, to be good, you got to be kind of brave with it. You got to mm-hmm. push the limits. Yeah, you got to push the limits. The limit and, yeah. and that's what we said. We've been talking about it. We've been kind of writing that stuff so that, you know, we just don't have time to work together much. But we're like, you know, yeah. like, we need that. We need that verse. Yeah. Like, that's what people want to hear, you know? Like, they want to hear that stuff because... You know, I think that's like we all in in the country in general, like we need to talk about stuff. Yeah. You know, like if we can't laugh about stuff, then we can't. Well, it's a funny you know? song anyway. So like. We, we, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think that's mm-hmm. my favorite. Yeah, some of the ladies that I hang out with like sandwiches, but. Mm-hmm. Sandwiches? Sandwiches me. I wrote, I wrote sandwiches. Yeah. You got to eat. So. You got to eat. Everybody makes <laughs> sandwiches. sandwiches. He thought <laughs> we showed that at first and he was like. Are all their songs about food? I'm thinking like maybe have a whole album like pizza. <laughs> we should do that. That's actually soup. good. Like the culinary soup. album. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we're going to do that and I'm not going to credit you at all. <laughs> Sorry. You, you're welcome to have this. <laughs> Thank you. It's all Thank yours. You. <laughs> most of our songs are about, we try to find, because most of all of them are about like, the, the whole premise of the Dandy Pirates was that they are the worst guys ever. The, like the, they're just, they like the my character Swabby Johnson is so bad of a person. Yeah. Awful. Yeah. Awful person. Well, Swabby's much worse than... I forget. Who Winthrop. Winthrop, yeah. Yes. Yeah. But Swabby, because this was... And that started because we were at the Pennsylvania Renaissance Fair and we were talking about how it didn't matter what our characters were actually like as long as they were kind of adorable. Like, the people at the fair just loved them. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I want to make this character who's going to be, like, adorable and hilarious, but he's just... A bad, bad person. It's kind of based on Stewie a little bit from uh, Family okay, Guy. Yeah, yeah. Like I would go around. I had. <laughs> I was. I was the guy. Our buddy Justice, who was playing the mayor at the time. I decided that he owed me money. So. And talking to patrons, like people who were there, like I'd go to him. Like, oh hey, oh oh Lord Mayor, hey when are you gonna when are you gonna get that money that you owe me? He's like oh oh Swabby, I- I'll see you later. I'm like all right. Cool. And then, but by the end of the day, I'm like, yo, you know something? Your daughter, she's a pretty girl. It'd be really bad if something happened to her face. And he's like, what are you saying? I'm like, I'm saying it'd be bad if something happened to your daughter's face. What, you don't think it'd be bad? Like, what are you, some kind of sicko? You don't believe that? And I got parents, like there was like a little kid there. And this dad, I'm like, I'm like, you know, you can't have people owing you money. People think you go soft. And he's like, yeah, you can't have people go, you know. And people are just like, they love it because like it was ridiculous. But, you know, like if you listen to stuff I was actually saying, it was horrible. He's a horrible, horrible human. It's Bobby Johnson. Yes. That's the whole point. Like our one song, which was our, pretty much our biggest hit song was Let Me Be That Douche. Douche. That's what yeah. I was thinking of right away. Right. I, didn't, I didn't hear that. So the yeah, song no, like starts with like, you know, you got the like girl. The yeah, you got the girl and she's really sad in the bar. And it's like, you know, I can tell you've been hurt and all this kind of stuff. And it looks like, it looks like you're going to do something that you might regret. Let me be that douche. Let me be that guy. I'm not going to return your calls, all this kind of stuff. But I mean, if you're going to settle, settle for me, right? So, but they're just these bad, bad guys who don't realize it, you know? And it's, yeah. And it's, it, it's a little bit of social commentary in there because, yeah. Actually, Dragan has said that. Like, he's gone out just as himself. Yeah. 
and done some of our songs. Oh, yeah? And it's pretty uncomfortable. Like, when you don't have the character. <laughs> yeah. When you're not these idiot pirates from, like, the 1700s. Just some guy right? in jeans. Yeah, like, when you're just a guy out there singing, like, you know, ethnomonogamy or, like, <laughs> you know, let me be that douche or, See, like, that, whatever. Like a regular pub. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like you said, it's really weird because people kind of, like, do you <laughs> you think this stuff? Like, he's had girlfriends who were, like, I don't. I don't like the Danny Pirates. And I totally get it. You know, you don't want to date those guys because they're awful humans. Yes, That's the whole point of the, the band. It's a character. But yeah, if you completely yeah. take it out, you take the character, yeah. character. It's weird. Oh, man. Yeah. I think bars would enjoy that would be even being funnier. A, 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 a Danny Pirate. I think character. I would enjoy seeing somebody do those lyrics in a regular pub without people knowing it's a joke. Yeah. It's like, that would totally Andy Kaufman. He <laughs> could yeah. ruin it. But we had a we had a really big like fans loved the Danny Pirates. Renaissance yeah. Fair owners like hated them. Really? Yeah, like we people would get mad. They book us and then they get mad at us for doing what we did. Yeah. And I'm mm-hmm. like, did you watch the press kit? Because it's not like we're hiding. Like this is what the deal is. You know, like the first year we went to Florida, like the owner was really mad. He's like, what are these? Who? Bo-? And the the artistic director guy comes to us and he's like. What are you guys doing? And I'm like the same stuff in the video I showed you. I'm like, why did you put me on a stage right next to the carousel? <laughs> yeah. Right. And then they moved us back to the to the dirty stage, and then it was fine. Like I said, because the fans yeah. love it. You well, know, I think it was a kids act. I mean, oh, they had sense. the video. Yeah. So I don't. You know, I'm like, it's not like we're doing new material. Like we showed you what we do. Like, yeah. Just, you know. But then, you know, the name. It sounds like you know you're you're dapper and handing out candy. That's, we do that too. They don't yeah, pay that's yeah. yes. <laughs> it's the pot candy. <laughs> so you're, now it's only musical comedy is the only thing you do, or do you? Do no, that? we do. Uh, yeah. How many bands are you in? Because I, every time I every time I see you, you're in a new band. I know. You, just tonight, you told yeah. me about a new band that. Yeah. All right. So the main band I'm in right now is Nothing Sacred, which is we are not a comedy band. We are. Um, and we do some comedy stuff in our bits and stuff, but we do uh, Celtic, Irish music, um, which mainly is because we know a guy named Paul Kennedy, who is so good as a musician. Yeah. Like he's and he plays everything. Like he got a hurdy gurdy, and within ten minutes is like just playing it. Oh, is he going to be playing it? I think he is. Yeah, yeah. he just ordered a new one. Okay. He's got a hurdy gurdy. You know what I have a problem with bands? He's got a hurdy gurdy problem because he just ordered yeah. his third hurdy gurdy. Oh God! And they're not cheap. Yeah. Right. But he's awesome. He plays the fiddle. He plays pretty much anything you give him, he will play within like five minutes. So, and another reason Nothing Sacred is happening is because, uh, you know the Righteous Blondes? <coughs> yes. Yes. Our, uh, it's a band that plays at our fair who is very popular with all of our people. Like, we get a lot of people come to fair. They're really funny and fun. They're great. Yeah. They're awesome. It's a four-man band. But at this point in time, one, two of the guys live in Pennsylvania. Mm. One of the guys lives in Florida. The other guy lives in California. They all got kids. We are the only show that they do anymore. So I don't know how much longer they're going to be performing. Yeah. So I kind of want to have a backup, Yeah, yeah. you know, guy band, you know, that sings like pirate songs and Celtic songs and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there's nothing sacred. Um, now slapping Patty with consent. Right. That's the that one is the one tonight. I started yeah. in Louisiana with my buddy, Andrew McKee. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was just us. We would play, you know, 
we would play at a place, uh, Dave's Mini Donuts, which is a shop at the fair that sells awesome. They sell like small donuts, really great people. We love them. Uh, they make breakfast sandwiches and, uh, but we would play on their deck and we played a couple other places around the Shire. And then the Dandy Pirates, which I do when I can with Dragon. I wish I could do it more. Um, there's a guy who does our fair with us called, uh, Taryn. And we usually at the Smithville Renaissance Fair will mm. play on the street and we are something else. Something oh, else. That's, that's, there's something oh, that's else. the name of the band. Yes. Yeah. I thought you were just bragging. <laughs> no, that's, that's, yeah. See, that's the name of the band. It's brilliant, right? That's what yeah. I mean about band names. Yeah. Like, yeah. if I want to start a band with you, it's mainly just because I have some weird band name yeah. in my brain. And I need somebody to, way to have it. I'll keep that in mind. <laughs> Another thing coming. That was one I started. We had like a day. And you, like, even if I'm doing something during the day <laughs> with a person for one time. So those are the active bands mm. that I'm involved in. Right. Uh, Nothing Sacred. Slime Patty with Consent and the Dandy Pirates. Are they old Celtic music or what, what are you playing? Well, the, I don't know that the Dandy Pirates are Celtic music. Not that one. Slapping Patty with Consent is yeah. is very... It's basically stuff I play with Nothing Sacred when we were in okay, Louisiana. So similar stuff. Okay. Yeah. Because yeah. I didn't have the band there. And my buddy yeah. Andrew McKee, who's an awesome musician and plays flutes and stuff. Mm-hmm. So we just started playing together on the street. And I would do a lot of the Nothing Sacred songs. And we did that. We, as Nothing Sacred just had probably the coolest gig I've ever had. We got to do a burn supper in Manhattan. Oh yeah. At the players club, mm-hmm. which was uh, an actor society kind of thing that was, that was founded by Edwin Booth. Do you know who Edwin Booth is? No. Well, Booth's a famous family of actors. So yes, the they are. Booth theater still there. Edwin Booth was the greatest actor mm-hmm. of his day, but then his brother killed the president. Yeah, John Willis yeah. kind of screwed that yeah, up. Yeah, So the Booth so, name was kind of dragged uh-huh. through the mud. But anyway, this is his acting society he started. And like on Wednesdays, apparently, Jimmy Kimmel comes in during the day and practices mm-hmm. pool in the room where the bar is. Mm-hmm. You know, the whole place is beautiful. And the third floor, they have the uh, apartment and study that Edwin Booth had, they have left as he left it. Hmm. Like they dust, but it is his room and his study are the way he left it when he died in like the early 1900s. Awesome stuff. Cool. Great gig. Oh my gosh. It was awesome. Yeah. Oh, you did that recently? We did that uh, in January. Yep. For Robert Burns was like the poet laureate of Scotland. Mm -hmm. Like, People who are big into Scottish culture, they love William Wallace yeah. and Robert Burns. Yeah, we just so. did our, uh, our first uh, Burn Supper. Did uh, you go to the Celtic Society one? The Celtic mm-hmm. Society, South, uh, South Jersey. South Jersey Celtic, Celtic, Celtic Society. I'm on the, I am the chair of the Renaissance <laughs> Fair Board and, and a member and, of the South Jersey Celtic Society. And they provide the, 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 beer, the beer at the mm-hmm. fair. And the whiskey tasting at the New Jersey Renaissance Fair. Yeah, the whiskey tasting is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It really is super fun. Yeah. So... Um, yeah, and it's it's fun to go to. Uh, they recite, you know, Robert Burns' poetry, some sense. of which is surprisingly um, Dirty. explicit. Yes, yeah. Um, but he also wrote things like uh, he wrote "Old Lang Syne." Yeah, and "My Love Is Like a Red Red Rose." Yeah, it's newly sprung in June. Um, it all depends when he was drinking when he wasn't. Drinking. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Yeah, because anyway, 